Welcome to the Stanley Street Social Podcast presented by the TAC. The road belongs to us all, pushing that very important message that uh, cyclists do play an important role in ensuring everyone's road safety out there uh, and making sure that you're doing your bit to make sure that everyone reaches their destination in a safe manner. Today on the podcast, we've got Grace Brown, the former bike exchange rider who is heading to FTJ next year. We talk about her move and uh, how her career is progressing uh, and why why she made the decision to leave uh, the comfort of bike exchange and head to a foreign but exciting opportunity at FDJ. A couple of messages from our other partners to MAP. I mentioned this last week, but they've got some new pro bibs on their website, brand new uh, technology in the chamois and the panels on the Nix. Make sure you check that out at map.cc. And we're running a competition on our Instagram page from our friends at Ride High Country. They have seen so many people in Melbourne get into cycling and uh, think that they're not a real rider until they hit the the mountains of the Ride High Country region. So they've put a couple of tickets up for grabs for their Oz Day ride. If you want to enter that to get a free entry into any of the races that are on that Australian Day week, a long weekend, uh, just go to our Instagram page and you have to tag a friend that you want to take with you. Uh, and that closes on the 15th of December. Uh, and yeah, two tickets up for grabs there. Thanks to our friends at Ride High Country. Hope you enjoy this podcast with Grace. Big thanks to all our partners and especially the TAC for presenting this podcast and pushing that very, very important message that the road does belong to us all. I hope you enjoy this episode. Welcome back to the podcast, Grace Brown. It's good to have you back on the show. It's almost been a, a year since we uh, chatted last. Lots has happened. Yeah. Uh, how's your shoulder, first of all? Uh, shoulders, well, the bone's healed, but yeah, I've still got a bit of work to do to get like full range of motion back into it, but not changing anything on the bike at the moment. Yeah. Yeah. You had surgery on it? Yep. I had, um, so I broke the head of my humerus, like a little fragment of bone sort of got ripped off and uh, I had to get a pin in there and then they sutured it back down. So not the best injury. Is that a, is that a tricky surgery? I don't know whether it was a tricky surgery, but like it's a tricky healing process because you can't, you have to like completely immobilize your shoulder. I think I didn't move it for like four weeks. So then I had to recover from the fact that I hadn't moved my shoulder for four weeks. Yeah. Yeah. Does it get weak? Like, is that long enough for it to Yeah, yeah. I had like full muscle, muscle wastage and yeah, I could hardly like lift my arm afterwards. Yeah. And so now you're back riding, you're back on the horse, road nats, it's all looking good? Yep. Yeah, I'll race uh, road nats and the Santos uh, Festival of Cycling over in Adelaide. Yeah. Yeah, should be a good summer to warm up before heading back to Europe. Yep. And bigger news, new team. Yeah. Congrats. Yeah, it's exciting. Off to FDJ. (laughs) Yeah, That's that's a massive change. Yeah, it's um I think it was a little bit left field uh for a lot of people. I've seen a lot of articles out saying, you know, it's a surprise move for me to leave the uh home base of Green Edge and um jump on board with a French team, but feeling pretty good about it. Yeah. From um maybe one of the most western teams in the European circuit to the most Euro team in the <laughs> European circuit. Although they have yeah. started, I guess on the men's side especially, they've started to bring in some other 
Yeah. Riders, not just being that hard-hitting French squad that they previously were. Well, the women's team next year is going to be half French, half international. So it's, yeah, I think they're moving in. I've seen that, like, that's what they have to do to um, become, yeah, a bit more world-class, I think. So they'll speak, like, English at the yep. dinner table? Yeah, I'm trying to learn a bit of French, but, um, yeah, luckily they speak English because my French isn't that great yet. Yeah. Why are you leaving Bike Exchange? Oh, actually, the bigger question, why on earth didn't Bike Exchange sign you for whatever it costs? Um, oh, well, it wasn't really about money in the end. Yeah, both both teams were pretty equal. But uh, I think it was it sort of just naturally happened in the process. I felt like FDJ had, like, more of a vision for me on the team and bike exchange uh knew that they probably should keep me but like didn't didn't really see or didn't communicate to me how that was gonna be um yeah and I don't know in the end I I got quite excited about the idea of change and um thought about my like overall career and thought that yeah when I retire I don't want to look back on my resume and see only one team, um, I want a bit more of a full experience over in Europe. Yeah. Yeah. Is is a team becoming less Aussie? Yeah, I would say so. Like, uh, I mean, it, it has to because um, unless they can get, you know, a big naming rights sponsor that's Australian, yeah, they need international riders to sort of, that's just the way it is these days. mm but yeah. at the same time, like, uh, and I guess maybe that is why it does make sense to not sign Grace Brown. But from the outside <laughs> and from Melbourne, and they've still got Jerry Ryan as the major sponsor. Um, they've, like, you've come so far from when you started the team. Yeah. You're finally giving back in such a massive <laughs> way. And then they let you go. Yeah. Well. What, what couldn't they explain? Like, what couldn't they... <laughs> I I don't know. Well, what did what did FDJ tell you that was like yes I want that? Um, I think they like they just had a real like purpose for what the team was gonna be and like um, they you know saw me as the type of writer I am like they they wanted me specifically as a writer that goes out on the attack and like isn't afraid to. Um, take risks in races uh, and they sort of wanted me to impart that onto the rest of the team um, and yeah I guess yeah bike exchange didn't didn't have that vision um, like it was just going to be the same not that like the same is bad but um, I didn't I didn't feel inspired to stay. Yeah. Yeah. The race program includes Tour de France. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's going to be awesome next year. It's pretty exciting. Um, and I think every single woman in the peloton is going to want to race it. Is that part of the deal that you'll race it or how, do, how does that work in terms of selection? Uh, yeah, I think as long as I'm able-bodied at the time, I should be there, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, you never know. Yeah. 
Uh, have they re- released many details on what it's going to look like? The course? Yeah. Yeah, they released the course um, a couple of weeks ago and it's pretty good. They um, start in Paris right at the end of the men's tour, um, do a couple of sprint stages and then uh, they move sort of to the east of northeast of France, um, do a few like more classic style stages, one with like quite a few gravel sectors which will be cool and then the last few stages are in the alps um so how many in total eight stages in total nice yeah yeah so there's a good range that'll be cool yeah. any any can ride the tour de france yeah <laughs> there's a yellow jersey up for grabs yeah yeah, yeah. no that is, that is very cool is is that the major goal now like is that is that just going straight to the top of the women's world tour Oh, I don't know. I'm still pretty keen on the couple classics. I think, yeah, like I, the GC is probably not an option for me at the tour. So um, I'd love a stage win, but I think I'd still put like winning Flanders or Roubaix or Liège or something ahead of that. Mm. Um, And then, of course, there's the... Worlds in Wollongong next year, which is another pretty high priority. Yeah, how are you gonna um, how are you gonna fit that all in? Like starting at <laughs> Road Nats in January and Wollongong in October. Uh, yeah, the sort of late September. Um, Big cobble season in in the middle there. Yeah, Tour de France. How how are you gonna manage that? Uh, and and not just get to Wollongong and be absolutely <laughs> good cooked. Um, I think so. Like I. I'll be in decent shape for um, the racing here in Australia, but I won't be like top, top form. Um, And then I'll sort of back off and peak again for the um, major sort of one-day classics. And then I'll have a break after that, Uh, just a short break. And uh oh there's like there's a few sort of spanish races in the mix there that i'll do just like as um like not as major targets but they'll just sort of coast along and then yeah so then the next goal would be the tour de france yeah so i should be in top form then probably and then i guess yeah yeah, you sort of try and hold it until messy (laughs) amount of time yeah (laughs) So, I mean, yeah, you have to like peak and then back it off a bit and then peak again. But obviously it's not, it's easier said than done. <laughs> yeah. What's, what's, off, what's in between Tour de France and Worlds? So we got, what do we got? The like start of August, maybe Tour de France finishes? Yeah. So that'll, oh no. Um, for the women, the Tour de France will be like end of July, the last week of July. And then, oh, no, last week of, what am I talking about? Yeah, well, normally men's Tour de France starts first week of July. Yeah. So, yeah. run for three weeks. Yeah, yeah. So, that makes sense. <laughs> first of August. Yep. You're done. Oh, a bit, a bit into August. Yeah. No, yeah. Around then. Anyway, uh, we could get the dates up. but um, And then we've got, I've got to go and do the Com Games. It's Com Games next year? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Where? Um, in Birmingham. In the UK. Okay. Yeah. Where does that, where does that sit now? 
so that's in all like. But in firstly, terms of like of importance, in, of importance, it's a, it's um, a, it seems like it's been um, it's, it's kind of the life's been sucked out of it a little bit <laughs> by the fact that you've got a Tour de France starting next year yeah. and you had an Olympics last year. Yeah, I mean, like for Australia, obviously it's um, a priority, but with everything else that's going on, it's pretty hard to prioritize it. Um, but it's yeah, it's a really good opportunity for me to do another time trial. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, we'll put a bit of work into that. Um, and then a- after that, we've got like some races in um, Scandinavia and and Holland and the women's um, Vuelta. So, yeah, there's a, f- there's you, a few races in there. You, what do you think you're going to race all of those or? Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. We, we haven't... St- sort of really spoken about the second half of the season in terms yeah. of the schedule. Yeah. Do they um, – obviously, you've come from a team that the Australian summer is super-duper important. Yeah. Do they care at FTJ what you do in January? Yeah, they're pretty keen for me to get a jersey. Oh, yeah. Oh, I guess they love yeah, the jersey. It's yeah, like when, when you look at – when Miles won the um, yeah. Nationals, it was like all Australia. Like yeah, they were, yeah. They, they, they don't FTJ. have any um, sponsors on there. Yeah, it's that's like cool. clean national kit, which is okay. So they're going to be real cool. keen for you to do nationals and worlds. Yeah, at opposite ends of the year. Yeah, they're less keen about um, comp games. Yes, <laughs> 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 that makes sense. Uh, what day do road nuts? Um, from the twelfth to the sixteenth. Okay, so we're back January. early. Yeah. You think maybe with the worlds in Australia at the end of the year, they might have pushed that back to, back into like February last year. Give you yeah, a bit more time. Yeah, I don't, I don't know why they... Um... So the world's on the 25th of September. Yep. So if you think about like start of August, 25th of September, it's not close, but it's not too yeah. far. Yeah, it's doable. The um, so you got time trial at Com Games too. Has uh, time trialing become a bigger part of your skill set? Something a bit more focused on after Olympics? Um, I mean, it's always been a focus, sort of. Um, I there's parts of the year that I focus on it more than so. I usually do like in the lead up to nationals, I focus on the time trial, and then basically for any like championship event, I put more work into it. And, um, yeah, obviously, Oz Cycling are really keen to for me to continue doing time trialling. So they, um, yeah, put a lot of support behind that now as well. Yeah. Um, and FDJ are really keen as well to uh, give me as much support in time trialling as well because in, in the past they haven't had a time trialist. So it's sort of like a new thing for them. But they... Yeah. Yeah. Another jersey that they can win. Yeah. <laughs> Is uh so at Com Games we do the time trial and road race? Yeah, I don't think it's an option just to do the time trial. So okay. the the road race though looks like it's gonna be a fairly sprinty course. It's just like a short circus and circuit and not a lot of elevation. So um not sure what our tactic's gonna be there. Who's who's the best sprinter in Australia? Uh Chloe. Chloe. Yeah. 
And then for Wollongong Worlds, have they do they leak anything early for the, you know to say anything? Do they leak <laughs> anything early to the riders in, t- in terms of what it's actually going to be like? Um, so the course is actually being officially announced, I think, on the tenth of uh, December. I know a little bit about it, um, but yeah, I don't obviously don't know the exact course. So um, I think it's going to be quite like for the road race will be quite a classic style race yeah um but it could end in a sprint um so yeah we'll see i don't know yeah i think it's more likely to be a sprint for the men than for the women well that kind of works out perfect because then caleb wins the men's and you win the women's yeah easy (laughs) so tick tick we're sorted (laughs) i just really i hope they design it for you guys to win. Yeah. Surely they would do that. Like, right. why would they design a course that no one in Australia can win on? Yeah. Why do you have worlds? The problem yeah. is... Um, but it's a bit it, of a curse, isn't it? Like, when yeah. when was the last time someone won worlds in their home country? Home country. Don't know. Yeah. But, yeah, hopefully, um, yeah, that plays out. The problem with the men's for Caleb is that there's... The vans that can kind of win on any course, yeah, <laughs> which makes it a little bit tricky. But yeah, that w- that would be cool, yeah. and especially on a home home deck. We we swing for the time trial as well. What, what what do you think you focus on, or can you focus on both? Yeah, it's always tricky, um, and I think because they're extending the um, length of the women's time trial as well to. Um, to be so that I think they're making the women's longer and the men's shorter so that they're the same length. Yeah. So it'll be like um, 30, maybe like 35K. Yeah. Where traditionally it's like 28. Yeah. I think that's about right because the men would do like 40 something. Yeah, the men were normally up around that hour mark at yeah. 45 clicks. Yeah. Anyway. So, yeah, that makes it even... So, what, what does that mean for you in terms of training and priorities and what you got? Yeah, it's tricky, but I think, um, like, in like for the Olympics, for example, I trained specifically for the time trial and I thought that that training would be sufficient for the road race as well but then when I got there I think that I hadn't done specific enough training for the road race so yeah it really depends on the course um yeah and do you think it's vice versa if you're coming in super road nick it doesn't really translate to you doing a thump and time trial yeah and let like especially when it's a sort of punchy style course I think it's harder because you know, during the classics, I do a lot of um, training for that like one to five minute zone. Yeah. Whereas when I'm training time trials, I'm doing like much sort of longer sustained high power efforts. So, it's, yeah, it's uh, like there would be some road race courses that it would be easy to do both. But, yeah, I don't know. It's something that I'll need to look at and plan pretty um Carefully, I think. Yeah. Who are you riding for would be interesting in the road race? Yeah, for Worlds. Yeah. Yeah. How'd that go at the Olympics? Um, 
it, it wasn't too bad. We So our plan was sort of a two-prong thing with Spratty and I. Um, but then, yeah, obviously, like, <laughs> we both had shockers. Um, and Tiff, who was the sort of, um, yeah, meant to be like the full domestique, ended up being the best of uh, the lot of us. So it was... Yeah, did not go to plan at all. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think it's different when you've, like, Worlds, you've got a bigger team, obviously. Um, We've also got yourself, Spratty, we back in good nick. Yeah. And Sarah Gigante all, like, kind of in that similar-ish space. Yeah, we're all pretty different riders. I mean, I think it's good to have... Um, I mean, for for quite a few years, there's been this thing like we need just one leader and one plan. Um, but I I actually think that it's good to have um, multiple options because, you know, you, you don't know what's going to happen in a race, especially if it's not like a course that's just got, you know, a major climb or something and like the way the race is going to play out is really obvious. Um, mm. I think for Wollongong, it's probably going to be a bit of an opportunistic course. So it's good to have a number of people that are aiming to be um, in the pointy end of the race and then you just play it off with the duchies. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I guess that is a massive pro though of having like a a strong, you're going to have a strong squad. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully, hopefully, um, yeah, uh, Sarah Giganti's back in full health by then and same with Spratty with her injury. But yeah, see, it's, a, it's a while away. Is the rest of the world who are catching the Dutchies? Yeah, I, I guess. I, I think that, yeah, there's been people that have definitely um, stood up in the last year and it's sort of levelling out. And now Anna van der Breggen's retired, so... One down. One down. <laughs> I don't think Anna Meek's retiring anytime no. soon. No. no. <laughs> well, for you, unfortunately not. What well, Was it different this year not having her on the team? Oh, yeah. Yeah. What changed? Um, well, when, when she was on the team, like she was obviously the standout leader and um, she has, you know, a very specific way of racing. So we'd always have um, a quite like strong race plan of what we were going to do and what everyone's roles were. Whereas this year, um, yeah, we didn't have the same, like it just wasn't as obvious mm. what the plan was every, every race. So, um, yeah, there was a bit more freedom. For everyone. Good, bad, different. I think some races it was good. Um, other races I think it would have been better to have a much clearer plan because uh, otherwise it's sort of a bit of wasted energy. Are they, were the team, was the team riding fewer points, like full, full squad, or did they take the um, kind of hedge approach of having two or three riders that were always the the lead yeah most races it was like i feel like most of the classics it was 
um, me and Sarah Roy. And then some other races, it was me and Spratty. Um, there were races that Spratty was the sole leader, but there weren't many races where it was like just me. What do you reckon? What, what do you reckon works better? And so you talked about before worlds. You think it's good to have, especially in that um, kind of classic style worlds. Yeah, it's good to have multiple options. What about just other races? Is it? Do you like going one 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 rider is the is the lead, or do you prefer that two or three people um, steering the ship? Uh, I mean, it really depends on the race, but. Um, I think there there sometimes needs to like even if you've got multiple multiple people that um, you want sort of there in the final, it's sort of good to have a bit of a hierarchy so that at some point it's like all right, yeah. So now you know everyone's had their chance. Now it's all in for this person. Yeah. If yeah, if you yeah. Yeah, I get what you mean. Yeah. So you've got like three leaders coming into in the in the entire race, but when yeah. it comes to crunch, then there's a group of fifteen. Rider X is who we're going for. Yeah. Yeah. Because otherwise, if you've got like three people coming into the finish and you like don't Everyone's have someone like, that's like, oh, it could be me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like, uh, are we going for me? Yeah. Do, do, do you <laughs> like that kind of um, pressure? Having like if if you rock up next year with FTJ and they're like all right, um, Flanders, yeah, we're racing for Grace Brown. You are the rider. Everyone else here is to work for you all day. Yeah. Do you like that environment or do you prefer the other option? Um, I mean, for my nerves, I would prefer the other option. <laughs> but for my performance, I um, I think the pressure's better because if I know that people are putting in for me then I'm like much more likely to execute because yeah I don't want other people's efforts to go to waste so yeah in in that sense I actually like pressure because it motivates me to race better yeah 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 and it's it's an interesting dynamic it's interesting I find it interesting getting different people's or different people's views on that but it seems it seems like most of the winners like the successful ones like yeah give it to me I'll take it all (laughs) yeah yeah, no, I I thrive off it a bit. Like if if um yeah, we were going into a race and I was like, oh, you know, don't worry, just like do what you feel, and there's no pressure. Like I'll probably just sit on the back of the peloton and like yeah. have zero motivation. And yeah, I need to like know that people are expecting me to do something. Like yeah, be good. So next year, <laughs> what what are you gonna win? Oof. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, right, FD, FDJ, FDJ say to you, Grace, so what, um, here's, here's the calendar, this is what you're doing. Yeah. What what are the races that we're riding for you for? Yeah, I'd say Flanders and Roubaix. Yep. A couple of big ticket items. Yeah. <laughs> just small ones. Um, and a stage of the tour. Yeah. Yeah, not sure which one yet, but yeah, there's one there with my name on it. <laughs> what and is that what a successful year looks like? What's the what are the goals? Yeah, like I'd definitely be 
be happy with a few uh, world tour wins under my belt. I think I just like I just want to keep improving on each year. Um, like just as long as I don't become stagnant. Yeah. Yeah. Are you still finding that growth? Like, yeah, like I still find heaps of things that like to improve on and, um, yeah, I, I feel like I'm becoming a better athlete all the time, Yeah, which is pretty cool. What was, what was like, is there anything that stood out from this year? Uh, I think just like, I don't know. I was, I felt like it was really consistent every race. Like I was up there. I mean, most races I was, especially in the start of the year, in the spring, there weren't many races where I finished outside the top 10. Um, And I don't know, I think it just like all clicked. Like I was just there each race and every each time I was like, maybe, you know, maybe I've just been fluking it and like I'm not going to get there this time and then like, you're there with the opportunity to race for the win again. Um, and, yeah, I think that's really cool. And I think that comes down to um, me, like, learning how to read the race better and know when to spend my energy and be there at the right times. Like, yeah. sometimes you just really need to dig deep when you can see, like, the pelotons just making that, like, final split that's not going to come back together. Um, yeah. What's 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 the difference between you making every top ten and winning? I need to improve my sprint. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and I don't know. Is that? I mean, some races there was like I don't know, like Vludi got away or um, someone someone got away. Is it is it is sprinting the well like for next year? Is that a key piece that you want to improve on? Yeah, it's not really something that I've worked much on. So, um, how much can you work on it? I think quite a bit. Like I've literally have done you, no like, sprint start, training. Have you started? <laughs> have you started? Well, I was gonna start doing doing stuff, and then I um, realized that my shoulder was screwed, so <laughs> I couldn't sprint. Yeah. So, so, like, what do you do? What what? Do well, you just sprint just like yeah, but also like. Just like the the tactic of sprinting, like working out, I don't know, like I because I've never been a sprinter, I've not really ever thought about like you know you have to which side to pick, like going up against the barriers, like yeah. just all these things that seem obvious to other people, like I just hadn't ever thought about. Um, yeah. So. Some of it's just like watching other sprints and seeing what they do. And then obviously just the physical thing of improving my peak power. How, how are you going to do the technical part? Um, I have some people that are going to help me. Yeah. No. yeah. Secret people. <laughs> Secret people. <laughs> well, my, um, my agent is Robbie Hunter, who's um, was a pretty good sprinter back in his day and he's yeah. offered to... Help me out a bit when I'm back in Europe. So nice. Hopefully we can tee something up. So that's an that's something that's changed since last time. 
Yeah. Pretty sure last time you were telling me how good you were at negotiating contracts <laughs> because of your uh, consultancy work. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, this year I just um, uh, I just decided that like it was, even though I'm great at it, uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, it was just easier and less uh, stress. I think you sort of need to take a personal element out of it as well. Like if you're an athlete doing it all yourself, it can be a bit like, yeah, a bit of an emotional stress. So it was good to have someone else to sort of, yeah, take a bit of that load. Yeah. Especially when you're trying to focus on racing at the same time. Yeah. Is, um, is, did that open kind of, yeah, breadth of teams you were looking at too having an agent going well, why not consider FDJ I'll put them in touch versus you just kind of knowing yeah life exchange. yeah well FDJ came to me anyway headhunted yeah nice. <laughs> cherry-picked nice. uh, <laughs> but yeah I, I also spoke to quite a few other teams so it made that whole process easier I didn't have to really coordinate any of it which Yep. It's convenient. Budgets, salaries going up in the Women's World Tour? Yeah, I would say so. Yeah. Yep. A lot of teams are now meeting the minimum, which is a good start. Yep. (laughs) You'd hope so. Actually getting paid. Yeah. It's a requirement for the World Tour teams, but but then, yeah, some of the UCI teams aren't quite there. I think that's going to be similar, though, in the, the Men's World Tour. Like, the amount of... Pro Conti teams, or I don't know what it's, it's called, something different now. Um, the level down teams yeah. that yeah. are around, they're all disappearing. Like it's, yeah, it's been so hard over the last two years to keep that that uh, level alive. And there's also not been that much racing uh, for that like next level down because yeah, with COVID, it's just been too hard financially for a lot of the event organisers. Yeah, I did a podcast with Jimmy Whelan. And um, I should check in with how he's going. But, yeah, he was like EF said no. Everyone else was full except for like there was a couple of like maybe teams, which yeah. there kind of always are. But he's like the next level, the next level down has pretty much disappeared. Yeah. So he's like, I need world tour or it's going to be really tough to find something. Um, Do you know if he's found anything? Don't know. I haven't, I haven't, I haven't talked to him. Yeah, it's pretty – I think it's definitely harder and for men – like the women's peloton, there's been like quite a few new teams pop up and there's almost more teams than there is depth. So the yeah. demand for riders is high. Yeah. Um, whereas... with In sync with a budget increase. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas, yeah, the men's peloton, it seems like almost a bit the opposite has happened. Yeah. Like there's some teams that just disappeared it also makes sense though from a sponsorship point of view like if you're going to invest in a cycling team um mm. you can get so much more bang for your buck yeah you spend a bucket load of cash to to start up a men's cycling yeah team. yeah definitely i think yeah you're getting now. quite a bit of coverage now from exactly. the women's racing and it's a lot cheaper for sponsors so it does make sense yeah and tour de france yeah. The big ticket item. Yep. The one that everyone pretty much pays for. So, yeah. Well, it's good for you guys. Yeah. I, I think, like, there's obviously now, like, um, 
there's also like a bit of there's more inequality within the women's peloton, like the top paid riders versus the bottom paid riders. But I'm sure that's the same in in the men's. So yeah, still. there's yeah. like women getting paid nothing, and then there's women on like. So there's Good. there's women riders that don't get paid. Yeah, not in the world tour, but in the Conti teams. But those Conti teams blend into a lot of world tour races. Yep. Yeah, so they're practically doing the same thing. Yeah. Um, but not getting paid. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas the world tour teams get 60-odd thousand euro? Uh, no, nah, the minimum... Or is it 60 odd thousand Aussie once you... Oh, yeah. Yeah, it might maybe. be Aussie. I think it's like four, 40, maybe 40,000. 40, yeah, 40 euro makes sense. Yeah. And then um, what does what is, what is the top female rider get paid? Uh, I reckon like maybe half a mil. Yeah. It'd be, be up around that, but... That's a guess. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think I. I think the men's. I don't know. It'd be really interesting to if if he somehow had access to all the rider wages. Yeah. Look at how that skew is is changing. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I guess winners are so valuable now. Um, and if you can get a Wood Van Art, or you can get yeah a Caleb Ewan, or you can get a Vanderpol, like he wins, you get so much bang for your buck out of that one rider. And then the rider that does. Ten, four, five, six. Like he, there's so many of them. They're yeah. everywhere. Yeah. So you you'd maybe think that it's going the same direction in terms of that skew from the top to the bottom. Yeah. Yeah, because there's heaps more value in a winner, obviously, but um, at the same time, everyone else does like their fair share of work and they deserve to be paid well for that because they contribute to the wins. But um, it's the individual rider in the end that's like that everyone pays attention to. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. And I guess you can like, you can take a bet on say um, the rider that hasn't delivered. Well, I can get this young guy in that or young girl in that, could do pretty much the same job and could potentially turn into a winner for me. Mm. Yeah. It's a bit more of a like long term long long shot like are there, potential. Are there young riders coming through? Uh like yeah. as in just skip doing the men's version, like the pog and the not, rog? probably not quite as epic as yeah, like Pogachar and Banal and stuff. But um yeah, there's definitely some young girls that are coming through that are pretty good. Yeah. Um, I can't think of any examples at the moment. But Any Aussies? Uh, other than, like, obviously Sarah Giganti, everyone knows. Yeah. Um, kind of considering her already. Yeah, she's already around. there. <laughs> she's already there. <laughs> I guess we'll find out at Road Nats in Jan. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure there's been, like, there's definitely... Girls that have been doing bucket loads of training. Yeah. Come out and smash me. Nice. <laughs> nice. Um, thanks for coming on the pod, Grace Brown. My pleasure. Anytime. Good to chat. All the best next year. Looking forward to seeing you. Um, yeah. FDJ. It's going to be yeah. It's gonna be very good. 